Two guys, two topics, two, two, two. two opinions. You talk, give me two. This is the split story of the day on 975-1280 the zone. And the zone sports network. Donovan behind the back pass to Moody, bounces to Clarkson. He fires it up and hits the three. Jazz took 40 of their 81 shots as threes the other night. Tonight they have taken 10 of their last 18. So over the last two games, the Utah Jazz have taken 50 of their last 99 shots, our three-point shots. Driving the basket is Joe Harris and Rudy Gobert blocks it. Picked up by O'Neal. On the run, Donovan passes it to O'Neal, tries to go down to Gobert and turns it over. Loose ball back. Donovan picks it up. Rudy collects it. Rudy lays it up and in and he's fouled. Donovan drives. Step back three. Left side. Nails it. It was a tough one too. Mountain America three point shot for the Jazz. 46-35. Jazz lead it. Jazz continue to take over 50% of their shots as threes as they did in game two. Mike Conley right side three is good. Perfect swish for the left hander out of Columbus, Ohio. And it's 69. Six of nine for Conley today. He's got 15 points to tie Gobert for the team lead. Donovan it's got 15, 14, and the Jazz have scored 60 and lead by 13. 112 to 107 ended up being the final. Uh, the Jazz beat the Brooklyn Nets in their final scrimmage. Gordon getting ready for the Thursday opening night, opening game of the resumed NBA season. 4.30 start against the uh, Pelicans right here on the Zone Sports Network. So uh, make sure and tune in for that. But Gordon, uh, curious to get your observations from what you saw last night during the scrimmage. Well, the first observation is, as I'm watching these scrimmages, it's not exactly playoff intensity. No, no, it's not. It, well, it's it, not the it, playoffs, so. Well, it doesn't <laughs> count. I, I, I understand that. But so that everything is kind of just sort of, okay, keep that in mind. But the Jazz look very comfortable offensively. Uh, especially some of their key players. Rudy Gobert, again, effective, although he had a couple of soft attempts uh, near the rim early on in that scrimmage. But uh, overall, very uh, very comfortable. You, Mike Conley, as you heard there on the call, Donovan Mitchell. I mean, it, it got to the point where uh, in that second uh, half, uh, Quinn Snyder said, okay, fellas, go, go, go take a seat. I've seen enough. I, I know what you guys are capable of doing. Joe Ingles. Uh, looking aggressive early on and taking some shots that he had hesitated a little bit to take earlier. Yeah, I thought the Jazz looked pretty good on offense. On defense, it's hard to tell, though, against that particular Nets team. I mean, what what are we looking at there, really, Jake? Yeah. Well, I mean, a depleted team before this thing even started. I mean, they're just the, – the Nets are just going to try and limp to the end, <laughs> whatever that may be, because they just don't have uh, don't have the players. Uh, I have I have two thoughts, Gordon. I have a, kind of a, a negative thought, which I'll I'll go uh, uh, I'll go first with because I don't want to dwell on it because I think the positives outweigh it. But here's here's the negative thought for a second: uh, the the issue of when the bench is playing, mm-hmm. they're going to have issues that they have all year long when the bench unit and Jordan Clarkson helps some of this. But not only is that still an issue, but of course with no Bogdanovich, that ripples downward, right? And last night we saw when some of those bench units came onto the floor, it was not yes. pretty. It was so that's that's going to continue to be an issue, maybe even more so. Uh, but on the positive side, and I heard Locke talking about this earlier today, and I think he's right on the money. This is a totally different offense. Then they really ran all year long. I mean, they're just hoisting threes, Gordon. I mean, they're going to be a live or die by the three type of team, which is is for this 
makeup of this roster is the way that they have to go. And then you heard Locke talk about this too, the way that Conley and Mitchell are running the pick and roll with Rudy. They're being more patient and letting yes. Rudy get in front of them. And that that creates the – Austin and I were talking about this before the show. That creates the triple option effect, right, where if Rudy gets in front of you, Donovan's a little bit patient, then the other, the defender, has to pick. Am I going to get let Rudy get a dunk? Or am I going to guard Donovan Mitchell? And it makes it much more effective play. So they've, they've really changed dramatically what their offensive game plan is going to be because for reasons we talked about yesterday, they're going to have to outscore some teams because they're little. They're little, and they're going to get pushed around a little bit. So they're going to have to make a bunch of shots. And, and if they're going to let Rudy dunk on them, which I think teams are still going to try and take away, but if they're going to let it happen, Mitchell and Conley are going to get him the ball. Yeah. And and if they don't, then that will free those guys up to do some things they otherwise couldn't do. Right. So it looks to me as I watch what they're doing, Quinn is letting this free flow happen. And uh, I, I think the players like it. I, I think it's like I don't want to call it pickup basketball. It's more it's, it's it's not that simple. But the guys on the floor seem like they are free to do some of the things that you didn't see them do previously. I uh, think I'm reading too much into that. No, uh, it's I, I, the, the the word that comes to my mind, Gordon. Adaptable. He's uh, Coach Snyder's adapting. Uh, you know the best philosophy for this roster. I mean, in, in a perfect world, Gordon, it would it would Quinn Snyder want to see you know 18 passes to a wide open set shot corner <laughs> three, uh, or a dunk right on top of the rim? That's you know ideally what Quinn Snyder would want. But that's not going to fit this particular roster because, in fact. Um, when Quinn Snyder said the other day that uh, he wants to see more threes off the dribble, I about I, I had to take a step back, like, "Whoa, that doesn't sound like Quinn Snyder." But uh, he's adapting uh, to to what he's got, and I think it's smart. It's smart. It's smart for many of the players on the team, but especially for Mike Conley. I think, and I, I have to hand it to Donovan Mitchell, as you mentioned. He's looking for Rudy Gobert. He seems to be. I don't. I don't know whether this is an answer to the questions about how these two will fit on the floor together. Are they? Are they friendly? Are they? How do they feel about one another? Will they facilitate one another? And it sure seems like that's uh, in the forefront of Donovan Mitchell's mind. And, and I think for good reason. I mean, why wouldn't you do that? And it's worked nicely. And if it doesn't work, if it doesn't, what I mean to say is. If Rudy is not in a good position to receive a pass, then Donovan can do his thing, and he sure looked comfortable doing that. The trick is going to be when the other team game plans against it. Because right now in these scrimmages, you know, you're not going in with defined game plans to take away the other team's strengths, right? You're kind of more of a a general game plan trying to to fix what uh, what you do. So as we see more teams specifically game plan to take Rudy away, what happens from there? And, you know... We'll, we'll see. Mike Conley's done a, a really good job when they go under those screens of pulling up and, and nailing those shots. So that's a yeah. big deal. So, mm-hmm. But we'll, we'll see when teams, especially when the playoffs come, when teams really focus in on taking that away, how do the Jazz adapt to it then? Um, and, do you think, what, be, percentage, what percentage of opponents do you think can cover everybody? That's sort of what happened to the Jazz against the Rockets in the playoffs last year. Uh, they, they they had difficulty overcoming that. But I don't know how many teams would be really effective in, in accomplishing that against the Jazz. As you mentioned, if they're going to jam Rudy down low, well, that, does that leave somebody else open? 
Well, it will, and that somebody else's name is Royce O'Neal because he, so far this year, has been the guy that uh, teams choose not to guard. Uh, he needs to be more aggressive shooting the ball. He needs to have some confidence. You know, he needs see, to take more shots than he's been taking because right. he's gonna he's gonna get them. The the difference between what you just described this year and what we saw a year ago is that there were three or four guys that were being left open. True, true. Yeah, Mr. Rubio was left open. Jay Crowder was left open, and uh, and and Donovan and, Mitchell couldn't see. Uh, couldn't it was uh, well, and Derek Favors was left him. open. I mean, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah, I, I think you're right on the money. But those guys have got to make shots. And, and it, you know, Crowder is a great example. When he made shots, yeah. the Jazz were really good last year. But he was just streaky. <laughs> and I think that's going to be the case against this time with the three-pointers that the Jazz are, are encouraging uh, the, uh, the, the, the players to take. Uh, go ahead and fire those open looks up. You know, I mean, if, if you don't, if you're open and you have a good look, why not take the shot as opposed to employing five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten passes whereby you might cough the ball up with a, with a, a turnover that didn't even have to happen. I understand the beauty of the passing game, and I, it's it's fun to watch when it works, but you do create more opportunities to goof it up somehow that way. Yeah, I mean, it just might not play into the strength of this team. It just the the, the blender concept. Uh, we'll still see it. Don't get me wrong, but that concept may not be what best suits this group of players. I think that's definitely true. Uh, it seems weird because we're saying that uh, this is the case as though it's way over on the one side versus way over on the other side because obviously you can you can create some things and still do it the way the Jazz are aiming to do it now. Uh, it's not like one guy out there dribbling around all over. So it's not James Harden out there. You know, I mean, they're still looking. They still got their, their eyes out looking for, for their teammates and whatnot. But there's nothing wrong with Mike Conley creating for himself or creating for a teammate. Uh, go ahead and dribble the ball a little bit. It's all right. Well, we'll see. It looked uh, it looked really good at times last night. There's no doubt. All right, uh, the big story nationally today, Gordon. A little update on it as uh, Major League Baseball has postponed all of Miami Marlins games through Sunday after the team's recent coronavirus outbreak, which I believe the total now is up to 17 uh, players and coaches for the Miami Mar- Marlins that have tested positive for COVID-19. And now uh, Major League Baseball is is really figuring out what they're going to do. Um, it, the Phillies it, are shutting down too. Right? They are. Uh, and now the timing kind of with the scheduling is off. Uh, the good news in this situation, though, Gordon, is Major League Baseball did not um, uh, have a positive coronavirus test across the rest of the league. And I'll say thus far, I believe the early return so far on the Phillies is all are negative, but I'm not sure if all the tests are in uh, there quite yet. But it would appear that this has been isolated thus far to the Miami Marlins. And if there is good news in this situation, I think it's that. Mm-hmm. All right. It's just going to be an ongoing story as uh, these sports leagues attempt to restart. And as we've talked about over and over again, the NBA seems to have the best scenario the best protection in place to keep uh, keep things uh, the way they want them to be, and but I think we're gonna, this is going to happen again in baseball, and uh, I don't think it's isolated. 
I wonder. That's just and, a guess on my part. I, I wonder. It would be interesting to know how this spread in this particular instance. I don't know if the media will find that out, but hopefully they're sharing these this sorts of information with relevant people within the league. And, you know, Locke brought up earlier today, even other leagues as they you know, try to pull off seasons in various capacities, you know, exactly what happened. I, I think it's it's telling that the rest of Major League Baseball right now is is COVID-free except for Florida, and you figure out what behavior led to that outbreak. And we'll, we may see a major – what's that, sorry? Wasn't there, wasn't, wasn't there a team in that locker room prior to or something that somebody had had uh, contracted the, the uh, virus? I, I, I'm sorry if I'm uh, misinforming well, anyone it was- on that. I think what you were talking about is that's why the Phillies and the or excuse the, the Yankees didn't travel to Philadelphia because Mar- the Marlins had okay. been in Philly. Right. All right. That's right. Okay. I don't think we know the source of of the outbreak, but I would hope that Florida uh, or Miami, I guess, not the Florida Marlins anymore. I hope the Marlins are looking into it and can you know talk about hey this didn't work for us or or whatever. And Austin and I were debating or were discussing before the show some outlandish scenarios about how uh, this outbreak happened. But you know likely it's it's somebody got it somewhere and then they had a team dinner or maybe closer contact than than was appropriate or whatever or or it could have been on the bus, it could have been a number of different places, but hopefully they can figure that out and figure out how to not let that happen again and share that information with the rest of the relevant parties so folks can or other teams franchises sports etc can protect themselves from that scenario okay so how do we transition that to something around these parts that people really care about and that's college football how are you going to keep college football players i want to say isolated but they won't be isolated but how do you keep them protected so as to not have this kind of spread uh, in that particular environment. You know, it's a challenge, Gordon. I don't know if there's a, there's a simple answer for college football. There's going to be more risk for sure because you can't compartmentalize it like you can uh, major pro sports. And we're seeing that to a variety of different degrees, whether it's Major League Baseball who's trying to do it in host city, you know, in, in cities, or to the extreme that the NBA is taking it in the bubble, that, you know, some of that stuff is not an option for, for college sports, which we've talked about a number of times, makes it more challenging. But I think you have to decide the amount of risk it's going to take to pull it off and then decide if that's if the decision makers are comfortable with that. Jake, I remember a long time ago you bringing up the scenario where there would be just enough activity on campus to uh, make it excusable to have football going on. And it seems like that's that might be the direction we're headed in yep. some of these Pac-12 schools where you might have a lab on campus or something like that. But uh, most of the classes are not taking place there. Well, if you're having labs on campus, then you can go ahead and have a team plan and practicing, right? I mean, that's the logic they're, they're going to go with. Whether you agree with it or not, that's the loophole that uh, it appears like they're going to use. So, so if you were a college football player then and you uh, were taking care of your classes online, doing, uh, doing the appropriate things there, being as careful as possible, how would you respond to staying away from friends 
How would you respond to staying, uh, doing things differently in order to protect not just yourself, but your team? Would you be willing to just hang with the team? The guys who are going to be tested uh, as regularly as possible and and just leave it at that. Do you think you would have the discipline or the, even the desire to do that? Are you talking to 39-year-old me or 21-year-old <laughs> me? I'm talking to let's – go, let's go with 21. Not a chance. Really? Even even if you knew your teammates are, were semi at risk? Well, that sounds like their problem. Well, <laughs> you forget who I was focused on when I was 21 uh-huh. years old, and it wasn't uh, anyone not named me. Uh, Gordon, I don't know. I mean, you, you think about uh, requirements college kids have for, I, again, college students, not kids. Uh, have for you know maintaining a, a B average or whatever it is to be on the team or to keep your scholarship or, or right down to uh, you know remaining eligible and I, I guess if it would uh, you know uh, mean that I could maintain my opportunity and my scholarship and those sorts of things I would hope that I would uh, I would do the right thing but I you know I made a lot of bad decisions when I was 21 so it's tough See, for me I, to, I, I, to I, speak for college students and I, I joked about it but I mean who are we all focused on at that age in our lives we're all focused on ourselves we're not oh, focused know, you know, on the greater good to some extent but come on you've got to keep in mind all right I'm going to climb up on my soapbox oh, here all right I'm climbing up don't you care about your teammates enough to make sure that you are going to discipline yourself, limit your exposure to people on the outside so that you can take care of your business on the inside. You can't just think about yourself. You have to think about your teammates, don't you? Because they're all trying to accomplish the same thing you are, which is why you're there in the first place. You're not getting paid much unless you're playing for certain SEC schools. So you're there to, to have an opportunity, create an opportunity for you and for your teammates, not just as it pertains to the college game, but your future. And so why wouldn't that be in the forefront of your mind as you're going about these various things in these kind of perilous times right now? To, 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 to worry about your, your line mate, to worry about the guys you're going up against in practice every day, to worry about the guys you're lifting weights with. Don't worry about the guys you're sweating on and, and banging hats with. Short answer, because Susie's perfume smelled nice. Boy, did it smell nice. A lot nicer uh, than how my Su- teammates uh, smell, I'll tell you that. But but here unless, is my... unless Unless Susie is throwing on the pads and going out on that field, then stay away from her. If you, if, unless, unless you can find a way for her to be tested... Uh, there's got to be a way for you to limit that exposure. Here's the here's you the ch- take care of your guys. Here's the challenge, if we might step back into reality for just one second. <laughs> if you put a hundred, which is what a football team is, give or take, a hundred students aged eighteen to uh, thirty-five in BYU's case, baha, uh, nice. into a room, how many of those one hundred would agree with uh, what you just said right there, Gordon? Or, or or I, would maintain that sort of nun-like standard that you're laying out there. 
40, 50? Do you think the coach? How about you, are the coaches uh, t- talking to their players about that kind of thing? Well, I don't know if it would matter because how many coaches are there and how many players are there? So, so the, this, this is the difficult part, actually, Gordon, is because that standard that you're setting forth, noble may it be, is, is not going to happen with 100 college-age young people. And what happens if you're the, the loose bearing out there and you go out and you bring it back to your team. And next thing you know, the whole offensive line is out. Well, you stay quiet about your own story and then blame it on the next guy that tests positive. <laughs> hey, Austin, geez, what have you been doing, sir? I went Man, to get some you, chicken wings. I, <laughs> you know, that, they're, this they're, is the yeah. challenge, though, Gordon. This is this is the hard part. I think it might be time for the rat line. Of course. Of course. All right. Stay tuned. We'll get to more coming up next. Big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott. It's time for a back to basketball update. Basketball is back. The Zone Sports Network is keeping you up on all the latest news with the Utah Jazz in the NBA. This is a back-to-basketball update. Oh, he never looked at the net. Presented by Zions Bank. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Back-to-basketball update brought to you by our friends at Zions Bank. The Jazz played their third and final scrimmage before resuming play on Thursday afternoon. They beat the Nets 112-107. to Here's Jazz assistant Mike Wells explaining why the Jazz took a ton of threes. Well, I think just by number one, by pace of play, I think Quinn emphasized since the return here in Orlando, you know, it's just such a unique deal being off five months is to allow these guys to play and play with pace and, and try to play fast. Um, um, get as many possessions as we can. Let's get the ball up. Uh, and that starts with defense. But, you know, as we transition to offense, playing fast and free and really trying to take that first open look. Zion Williamson expected to practice tomorrow for the New Orleans Pelicans. Williamson returned to Orlando Friday night after leaving the bubble for eight days because of family emergency. NBA protocol says that because the Pelicans star rookie returned negative COVID-19 tests daily while he was away, he must quarantine for just four days while he returns for more negative tests, meaning he's likely to play against the Jazz on Thursday afternoon as the NBA season resumes. That game will tip off at 4.30. Pre- game right here on the zone radio network begins at 3 30 this back to basketball update brought to you by zions bank for a bank that understands your business zions bank is for you 